order, disorder, reorder. This is the natural way of things. And nothing reorders us quite like Jesus and the kingdom of God. For instance, we know that the Bible teaches us that we are to love, we're to do good, to bless and pray, but Jesus takes all of those paradigms a step further. You don't just love people who love you. You don't just bless those who bless you. You don't just pray for those who pray for you. Look what Jesus says in Luke 6, starting in verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do the same. If you lend to those for whom you hope to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much again. Instead, says Jesus in the Sermon on the Plains to thousands of Jews sitting and listening to him teach, instead, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, turn the other also. If anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. If anyone takes away your goods, don't ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do unto you. This is what Jesus tells everyone on the countryside to do. He is reordering the disorder. So in Luke chapter 6, Jesus is teaching probably thousands of people. And we know that these people are Jewish, poor, and oppressed. This is the same sermon that we also hear in Matthew on the Sermon on the Mount, but this time repurposed for the Sermon on the Plains. And we know this about first century Jews. Their common enemy is the Roman government. And Jesus tells them that's who they are to love. Do good to Rome. Don't retaliate when Rome flexes its evil. Do to them the way you wish they would do unto you. And here's why I say this is a reordering. There's an old code. You can Google this if you don't believe me. You can even go to Paris and visit this in the Louvre. There is an old code called the Code of Hammurabi. It's a well-preserved Babylonian law that dates back 1,800 years before Jesus was born. It's actually chiseled into a stone that you can go and see at the Louvre in Paris. As the story goes, the sixth Babylonian king was Hammurabi, and he enacted, put into law, a code concerning appropriate retaliation. The code deals with what we do in situations of theft or liability or work-related issues or divorce or perjury or slander. It gives the victim permission to retaliate. Here's why this matters. The Babylonians enacted this law, but it was followed even long before them. Abraham lived by this law. 
Moses lived by this law. Ancient Israel taught it. The Greeks lived by it. The Persians lived by it. Rome lived by it. It is so entrenched into Mesopotamian culture that we find it codified even in our biblical text. Exodus codifies it, Leviticus does, and Deuteronomy. Rabbis studied it. Jesus undoubtedly was taught it. The code of Hammurabi is this, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. It's a huge part, if not in Israelite history, but for human history. The Israelites put it into law. And the law of retaliation is I can do to you what you did to me. So if someone steals a loaf of bread, you can retaliate. If someone knocks over your garbage cans, you can retaliate. But you can't overdo it. And this is what's interesting to me. And it's a bit ironic, too. This law... It really was enacted by Hammurabi to control vengeance. So retaliation didn't explode or get out of hand. If someone steals a loaf of bread, you are not allowed to kill their goat. You cannot burn down someone's olive trees if they run over your garbage cans. You can only retaliate in kind. An eye for an eye. It's not a hand for an eye or a foot for an eye. It's the law of rightful retaliation. And this mindset, it was rampant in first century. And honestly, it's still around today. It's so ingrained into the human psyche that we don't even question if it's right or wrong to retaliate because it's legal to do so. You can sue. You can take people to court. You can fight back. We can go to war. We can stand our ground. We can hardly imagine alternatives to an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth because we want the ability and authority to retaliate when necessary. But Jesus can imagine something different. And he does when he says these words. But I say to you, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who abuse you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also. And from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, don't ask for them again. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That last sentence, that's the golden rule. And it reorders everything for everybody. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. It is not do to others as they do to you. The golden rule is do to them as you would have them do unto you. You hear the difference? We're not to love, we're to love even our enemies, not retaliate, not hate. We're to show mercy and to turn the other cheek, to give our shirt when they want our jacket. We're to forgive. There's a Duke theologian named Charles Campbell. He says that Jesus' teachings here, they're not meant to belittle or, or, or weaken Israel against a formidable foe. Instead, what Jesus is doing here 
is actually empowering Israel to not go to war against a more mightier foe, but rather Jesus is giving them the tools to nonviolently protest in order to subvert the powers of dominion. Let me break that down for you. Here's another kind of cool way that Jesus reorders everything for us. I want to show you what I mean. And and I'm serious when I say this is really cool. I mean, it's awesome. Take what Jesus says about turning the other cheek. In Matthew's gospel, we get the detail that we are to turn our right cheek. Or that if someone strikes you on the right cheek, you're to turn the left. The striker would use the right hand to strike you across the right cheek, and it would always be a backhanded slap. Think about how your back right hand would hit a person standing in front of you. So stay with me on this, this is really cool. A backhanded slap is meant to humiliate. Masters backhand their slaves. Superiors backhand their inferiors. It reinforces the social order. So here's Jesus. But I say to you, turn the other cheek. Stay with me. This is cool. In college, we practiced this in one of our New Testament classes. We partnered up and the professor told us to turn our cheek while our partner tried to backhand us across our cheek. And here's the thing. It can't be done. A person can backhand someone with their right hand on the left cheek, but What I mean is they can't do it with force. It feels and looks awkward. Try it. It is awkward. The effect is lost. It makes the person trying to hit look foolish. And that's the point. The only way you can slap someone who turns the left cheek is with an open palm. And socially speaking, an open palm makes you an equal. It destroys the hierarchy, order, disorder, reorder. The first time I heard this, I realized it dawned on me what Jesus is doing here. He is limiting the power of Rome. When you turn the other cheek, even if it's just for a moment, power and class and superiority gets reordered into something new. Jesus is giving the downtrodden the ability to resist nonviolently. He's telling the oppressed that they can stand and face their oppressor. They can love them. They can do good to them. They can be merciful to Rome. And Rome was going to want to slap them for it. And when they try, Jesus is going to tell them, don't retaliate in kind. Turn the other cheek. Protest their oppression. And don't let them use their power over you, and they will hate you for it. It's the perfect reorder. I find this amazing. Let me take this a little deeper. Imagine an entire countryside of listeners. There are thousands listening to Jesus, and Jesus is empowering all of them with a toolkit to resist, to take back power nonviolently, And then they go by the thousands and they teach their families 
And they teach their communities and their friends to do it as well. And so now, one simple sermon, one tool in a toolkit is spreading across all of the countryside. This is how Jesus reorders God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. He nurtures the imagination of the downtrodden, setting people free from their disorder, giving them the tools they need to reorder. Rome's world is not the kingdom of God. Jesus preaches that a more perfect kingdom is coming. And to help bring it here, Jesus calls us to reorder evil with love. That's the kicker. You can't get from reorder to order any other way than with love. It's a powerful idea that through nonviolent retaliation, through love, reorders everything. One of the best lessons that I've ever learned when studying Scripture is that if you want to go deeper into a text, all you need to do is follow the verbs. Listen to what Luke 6 and Jesus' sermon, listen to these verbs. Love them. Do good to them. Bless them. Pray for them. Give to them. If someone takes your goods, don't ask for it back. Do to them as you would have them do unto you. And love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them. Expect nothing in return from them. Be merciful to them. Don't judge them. Don't condemn them. Forgive them. Give to them. I mean, it really is amazing. The verbs tell us what it is we're to do. And so here's the deal. You, in some part of your spirituality, I know it to be true. I've heard your stories. I live in this community with you. I know what you've endured over the past 16 months. There are things in your life that have been disordered. And you are looking to reorder them. And I am telling you the only way you can make reorder happen is when you choose to do it with love. This is where you start. If you want to reorder, you love. You love everything. You put love in the center of your life and not hate or retaliation. If you are going to overcome disorder, then you're going to have to do it non-violently. There's no other way. Reorder requires non-violence. And non-violence is a form of love. You're to love your enemies. To do good and lend and expect nothing in return and to be merciful and not to judge or condemn or for, and you're to forgive and give. Whatever that looks like for you, do it. Because every time you put into the world something good, something beautiful, something true, something that is nonviolent, you are putting love into the world. And you are reordering the kingdom of earth with the kingdom of God. And you are reordering it on earth as it is in heaven. This is how you transform disorder to reorder. Whatever it looks like, it has to be nonviolent. And it has to be a form of love.